0: what is good everybody welcome back to another episode of the bird flock podcast cfl week one is officially behind us the montreal alouettes are one and oh they are first placed in the east and uh, somehow seventh in the cf or eighth in the cfl power rankings makes sense uh before we jump into all that uh i got two things for everyone listening first things first the bird flock merch is here Ladies and gentlemen, it's fire. It, it, it Shayna and I, you know, we're not even wearing any, but trust me, trust me. Go check out the link, uh, in the description below in our Instagram bio. Uh, it's all over the place. Shop some bird flock merch, message us, let us know what you get. Uh, and the second message we have for you here, obviously, uh, if you guys are Alouettes fans, you know of the page on Instagram at Alouettes Central. Uh, they're breaking all your Alouettes, breaking news, uh, rumors, all of that. So, Be sure to go over there and give them a follow. Once again, that's at Alouette's Central, our boys over there. But, uh, Shaner, it's it's week one's in the book. Obviously, I was at the game. Uh, Shane came down with a wicked allergic reaction, passed out, missed the entire game, and uh, wasn't able to make it, but obviously caught up on all the text messages I sent over. I'm sure you watched some highlights of the game and whatnot and read some articles, but you know, your thoughts from week one.
1: Um, I'm still not understanding the Alouette slander. Um, I'm understanding it was, a, it was a sloppy game. And then watching the highlights, there was a lot of sloppiness on the offense. But I think that's to be expected. Uh, like I said last week, um, with a new, new coach and, and a lot of new players all around that offense and a receiving core that <laughs> I think really one of them. Was has been here and has done it in the CFL and K on Julian Grant, yeah,
0: um,
1: and Herji and Herji. Yeah, but uh, new offense and and Herji just came back uh, from another league, right? So yeah. uh, he didn't really have that full uh experience here with the learning the playbook and everything. Um, defense wise, I mean, Siante Evans, anytime you can get your hand, your your hands on two balls uh, as a DB, that's that's important. Um and just, just watching the highlights of my boy, Najee Murray, in a new position, uh, did not miss a beat and looked super comfortable like he'd been playing that position for years uh, and, and looks to be like he's going to be another successful linebacker for the LOS. 100%.
0: 100%. You, you touched on a lot there. The first thing I want to touch on, and it was definitely the biggest question mark going into last week, that was the receiver depth or just not even the depth, just the receivers in general for the Owls. Um, in a lot of press conferences, Cody said, uh, you know, he came out and said, like, we know what we have here. And the great thing about guys who have never been in this league before is no one knows what we have here, right? So, Ottawa, I don't think, knew what to expect. Um, and they really didn't know what to expect from Austin Mack. Austin Mack obviously came out four receptions, 120 yards in his CFL debut, voted player of the game by the ALS fans. Um, and, and just ha- had an unreal game. I think Cody said in the, in the, the post game presser, he said, it felt like every time I threw him the ball, he came down with it. And outside of like a, a little 10 out, I think he ran like a little dog. Um, th- that, that was really his only catch of the game. Everything else was contested or, or 50 yards down the field or whatever it is. Um, but I, I think that the, the concerns of the depth make sense, right? Obviously um, after Herji and and on and Julian or uh, and uh, Austin Mack and and Kishon Abram. There's there's really not much there, right? So I think the, the concerns are, are justifiable for now. But the the guys we have on the field are ballers, and I think we we really saw that on Saturday.
1: Dude, and I think it was you talking before the game. Like these guys didn't come from small schools. No, they came from big time schools and and did it in big time schools. So they they know what they're doing out there. Um, it's just a matter of of you know playing in a different uh, a different league and adjusting to that league. And dude, Austin Mack obviously did it. Um, I think it's going to not be as easy, obviously, every other game of the year. Um, but if he's going to adjust to the game like this, he's going to be a CFL superstar. Uh, and I had been talking about him, obviously watching him with the Giants. Uh, I'm watching him at Ohio State. I had talked about him previously, and I was excited to to watch him play. And I, I didn't think he was going to pop off like that. <laughs> um, but just the the catches he was making, uh, physical catches that you know he, most guys are dropping, especially in their first game in a new league.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And Cody's arm on that sixty-one yard ball, yeah, wow. he
0: let it rip. So, like the first play of the game was it was just like a a little like it looked like a counter leading into a toss. To stand back so stand back took a step in and then step back out tossed it out to the stand back. and he had green grass and he just got tripped up by the ankles and it was it turned into a second and 12 i was like oh fuck like i thought they were gonna break that and then neck very next play, second play of the game cody comes in shows off the arm right down the middle right in front of our seats too um the, the icing on the cake would have been for awesome act to walk it in but i think it was very fitting that cody got you know the first touchdown of the season walked it in um but something that surprised me on that Cody handled 100 of the short yardage situations. I don't so, know if, if that was what you were expecting too, or it makes sense, right? Cody's a huge body. He's one of he's one of the goats um, at the sneaks and at the short yardage game. But I, I was surprised we didn't see Caleb Evans.
1: I mean, yeah, he's a big guy, and I think he's done it before. But I don't know. Like he came in the league kind of doing it, fitting that role, right? But I don't know if I'm sitting here uh, a guy who has the past couple years of injury concerns when I got Caleb Evans sitting behind him that can very easily get that yard also I don't know if I'm putting my starting quarterback in harm's way to do that uh but it worked I mean he did that touchdown run um and and he handled more of it but I think going forward I don't know uh maybe it was just Caleb Evans wasn't ready or there's something we don't know
0: and Cody uh, had that fumble too. He had a
1: fumble on a third and one. Yeah, I mean, we'll see. We'll see what happens going forward. But me personally, I'd, I'd rather not have my starting quarterback handling that work.
0: Hundred percent. I was shocked. Like Cam and I were were sitting there and we were like, "Why is Why is Caleb on the sideline? Wasn't even near Jason Moss. He was just like, it was and, and
1: even if it's not Caleb, even <laughs> if it is Davis, uh, yeah. you know, I don't care who it is. But I, 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 I
0: don't think it needs to be Cody. Um, and like, like you said, Cody, the, the injury struggles the last few years. Um, something you don't really want to see. Obviously, the Owls gave up six sacks. Um, and as an, a former offensive lineman, um, obviously, you, you know that the, the hate is going to go right to the offensive line. You know, what happened to the offensive line? What happened? Um, looking back at it, I don't think all the blame can be put on the O-line. I think the O-line definitely missed some blocks, missed some assignments. Um, but two or three of the sacks alone were caused by a blitzing half that a running back should have picked up. Um, and, and, and other than that, there was just some really, really long developing plays that I didn't like um, that just, that just Cody had to hold onto the ball for way too long, right? Play actions leading into double moves and all that. And it just, it, it felt like Cody was holding onto the ball for 10 seconds and, um, i I, w- I would not be worried about this offensive line i think on paper we have one of the most talented offensive lines in the league um but yeah I, I wouldn't read too much into that
1: no i mean if you look at the stats i think three or four of the sacks came from dbs alone yeah you know they're, they're coming off the edge man. they're sending more guys than than the owls are keeping in um i think it's going to get fixed it's it's an O line that um, you know, you're you're the guy in the middle has never played with these guys before. It's yep. gonna take an adjustment period and, and Justin Lawrence and give him a couple games. I, it's it's not the old line that we're gonna see for the rest of the year. Um, and, and Cody's gonna get more comfortable behind this O-line too. And and the receivers, you know, they need to get more comfortable getting open quicker. Yep. And a lot of them, like we said, their first game here. Uh it's it's an adjustment period to a wider field, a bigger field to get open create space um once they adjust i think the ball is going to be coming out a lot quicker
0: agreed agreed yeah i really like what you said about just justin lawrence you know getting used to working with these other four o-linemen um like for anyone who doesn't know the the intricacies of football right the center on that o-line is is calling out blitzes he's calling out protections he's calling out all this um so just gelling with his guards and tackles is huge right and it's something that you know, will definitely come. And especially now that they've seen live bullets, right? They've had this, these live reps and they're going into a bye week. I don't know what the Owls' plans for the bye week is actually. I don't know if they're, they're practicing. I don't know if they're taking off. I don't know if they're going half a week or whatever it is, but um, I'm sure the O-line will definitely figure it out.
1: Yeah. I'm, I'm not concerned about it.
0: And then jump into the other two phases. The other two phases of the game and something that will never pop up on the stat sheet. We'll start with the special teams. We were blown away by the punt coverage team. The punt coverage team was unreal. Like, first of all, Joseph Zima was sending these punts to the moon 60 oh years ago. Dude, his punts were unreal on Saturday. And two guys that really stood out to me were Zach Lindley and Tyrell Richards. Tyrell Richards is... <laughs> maybe the scariest gunner on a punt unit I've ever seen. The guy's fucking ripped, first of all. Fast as shit, probably 250 pounds, probably fucking 3% body fat as a gunner. The scariest thing I've ever seen. I, I can't imagine being like a, a, a DB or a receiver or whatever it is on the opposite side of that. Terrifying, but um, but no, the, the, the punt coverage team was unreal. Obviously, that's led by, um, by Byron Archambault. And, and he just did a great job with that. I don't know if you have anything to say about that. I know you know that probably doesn't show up on the highlights too much. Um, and obviously, you weren't at the game, but any comments on that? Obviously, the Owls have always had good special teams with Worthy and whatnot, but the punt coverage team is something I think goes unnoticed quite a bit.
1: Yeah, I, I don't really want to talk about the punt coverage, but I want to talk about the the field goals and Kote going 4-4-4 four four, uh, and talking to him and talking to Zima, uh, the adjustment period for, for uh, the new snapper uh in and, and and how he's a lefty um I think he was or whatever he snaps the opposite hand um than they were, they're normally used to uh just for them to go four for four and the snaps to be clean and the way everything was working uh shows how much time these guys put in uh in practice themselves and and something that doesn't get talked about a lot um so it's it's encouraging that it didn't miss a beat uh even with a new a new snapper
0: 100%. And then, obviously, last phase of the game, the defense, um, look, you didn't give up a touchdown. They were pretty much lights out. Forced three turnovers. I know there's three picks. I don't remember if there was a fumble. I don't think there was. But uh, three three interceptions, a few turno- over on, turnover on downs. Re- Ottawa really couldn't get the run game going whatsoever. JD got a sack. And uh, it looks like the Alouettes are going to have a top three defense this year. If And, and huge if everyone stays healthy.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's that's the important part, right? Especially when we been talking about that linebacker depth. I just talked about Najee Murray going off, but uh it, football's a game of injuries, and, and I know it's always a next-man-up mentality, but the lack of depth there might could hurt them if, if injuries get in the way. And um, But I want to talk about Avery Williams in, in kind of a revenge game. Uh, team cut him, kind of out of nowhere. Uh, comes in nine tackles, I think it was. Um and a guy that we knew was going to be a staple in the middle of this defense because everywhere he's gone, he's been has been a staple. Uh, he's a dog. I'm excited to see what he's going to do for the rest of the year. He's got 17 games left. I think this is a guy that could lead the league in tackles mm-hmm. um, and and just fly around the field everywhere. And he's got two very, very quick, uh, small, undersized linebackers that cover sideline to sideline well to let him clean up the middle of the field.
0: Yeah. And if, if you guys remember from last week, Shana and I did a little segment of, you know, the position group you're most excited to see and the position group you're most nervous about. Um, for me, the position group I was most nervous about was the linebackers. And I think they might've been outside of the DBs because the DBs had a great game. Well, the whole defense had a great game, but the linebackers showed up, man. Like Bev played out of his mind. Najee played out of his mind. Avery Williams played out of his mind. Um and just all around. Like I, I was really, really impressed with the linebacking core. We didn't see many of the backups. Um, I don't think we saw Shang come in at middle linebacker. I don't think we saw Harry Mana come in. Uh we did see Terrell Richards for one drive on defense. He it, it's just tough. He he needs more defensive snaps, but those three guys are also just dogs, right? He he definitely needs more defensive snaps, but um I I was really, really impressed with the linebacking core. Um and jumping down to the D-line, obviously, you know what you're going to get with, with JD and Nick Usher. Um, and just, just so you know, again, this isn't something that'll show up on the highlights or anything like that. But JD and Nick Usher, every single play, one of them was beefing with an O-line. And I fucking loved it, dude. First of all, Ottawa's O-line was really chippy. Like, they were really, really chippy, hitting late um, and all that. But every single play, Nick Usher, JD, in someone's face like telling him he's coming for him next play, and I just loved it. Because I was saying, like, again, as an O-line, like you love you love getting into the shit talking. You love getting into the beef with the D-line. But, again, as an O-line, I'll be the first to admit, D-linemen just get more angry, and D-linemen win those arguments nine times out of ten. Nine times out of ten. And, sure. and JD obviously got to the quarterback and won that argument pretty quick.
1: Yeah, I mean, J.D.'s always been that type of guy. He's just going to let you know exactly what he's going to do, and <clears throat> it's exciting to have him back in Montreal for a full year. I know we only got him late last year, and I uh, definitely improved the D-line very quickly when he came in. Uh, so a full year of him here is, is really going to help that defense, and having the the deep corner room that we do uh, is going to help him and, and Nick Asher get after the quarterback uh, a lot this year. Yeah,
0: and 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 another thing that will help them get back, get – after the quarterback is the rotation that we have at D tackle. So the rotation is just a three man rotation, but let me tell you, they do not skip a beat, man. So you have, you obviously have Mondo, you have Mustafa, Mustafa Johnson. And then my favorite player to watch this past week was Israel Antoine. Dude, he comes from Oklahoma state and you'll, you'll see it when we go see him in person. This dude is so strong. It's ridiculous, dude. Obviously in the preseason game, he had the two sacks um in the preseason finale, really came out of nowhere with those two sacks too. Um, And he was playing in the third, fourth quarter of that game. So he he was not, you know, rolling with the ones. And I think he really earned his spot in that game. Um, but watching him at full speed, he occupies double teams while driving them five yards back into the quarterback's face. And that's like you said, that just lets JD and, and Nick Usher go to work. And I, I loved what I saw from him. It was really crazy.
1: Yeah, and I think uh, you said right now it's a three-man rotation, but as this keeps going along, more guys are going to get their names in there. More guys are going to come up, and, and it, it might be a four- or five-man rotation and just keep those boys fresh uh, and and pin their ears back and get after the quarterback.
0: Yeah, and one guy on the D-line that we didn't really see, um, and it doesn't surprise me, is the first-round pick, Lua Lugwak. Um I, I don't think we were expecting him to see much. Obviously, he joined camp late, too, especially going to the NFL rookie mini camps. Um, but give him a few, you know, weeks to to adjust back to the Canadian game. Obviously, he's been in the States for what is it, four or five years now? Was a dog at UConn, went to play in the national championship with TCU. Um, give him a few weeks to adjust back to the Canadian game. I'm sure he'll get into that rotation at end, or he he's big enough that he can slot in a D-tackle too, be a be a undersized D tackle. Um, but I'm really, really liking this D-line
1: depth we have here. Yeah, I know we talked about it a lot, but I'm interested to see trying to get Tyrell Richards more snaps if the versatility is starting to be something that they use more often going forward. Like have him come Um, off the edge? Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like we've talked about that in every episode, and we're probably going to keep talking about it. But the versatility of him is not something that you could – dude, we're talking about a linebacker being a gunner. (laughs) Dude, that's fucked. That's (laughs) insane. It doesn't make sense. I mean – uh, So – I think at some point the versatility is going to kick in. And, and in a league where versatility is so yeah. massive and unmatched compared to any other league, uh, I don't think he's going to be lacking defensive snaps very, very often.
0: Yeah. And, dude, all it does, if anything, is it gives JD and Nick Usher a chance to catch their breath and be fresh for the next drive, if anything. Because I think he goes in there and I think he makes an impact. But if anything, it, it just gives them the time off and it gives no, them... You can just
1: put, throw him in there on second and long or something and you know take out one of the big D linemen and and throw him up the middle or JD up the middle or something 100
0: percent, so now obviously like I said the owls are into a bye week um
1: devastating
0: devastating not sure how that's going to go and then um they'll be in Hamilton and I think I'm actually going to that game because I'm going to to Toronto to see the Jays I think I might sneak in to uh to see the owls there which is really exciting Um, but yeah, so uh, for you how how do you like i I know in the c f l it's kind of inevitable, but how do you feel about bye weeks this early in the season? I kinda hate it,
1: I hate it, um I hate how many there are also, but <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I like, mean that's, that's the
0: just... great thing about getting a tenth team. you can cut these bye weeks in half, like yeah,
1: yeah, for sure, um. I hate how many they are. I hate having a bye week this early, but someone's got to do it right. Yeah. Um, you know, I don't think their bodies are really that banged up after one game. And that's really what bye weeks are kind of for yeah. uh, that in adjustments. And, you know, yeah. they may have played <laughs> probably the worst team in the East. Uh, I don't think they, they need to adjust that much uh, yeah. defensively, offensively, maybe, you know, work on, on some of the timing and stuff like that. But it's only week one. It's it's bound to happen that the timing's not on. So a week two by week, I don't think helps helps them in any in any way. No. Uh, I guess it's better than a week one by a week. Um, that Toronto just had, which doesn't make sense. I don't get how the the Great Cup champions are not playing. So weird. On on the first week of the season, but I'm not the guy that makes the schedule for the CFL. So. Oh, yeah. No, nah, unfortunately not. I know, I know. There's a lot of rumors swirling around that I am, but unfortunately, I'm not the guy.
0: No. I mean, I think it was
1: you that told me this morning that Toronto has like three in the first ten weeks or something. They have
0: all their buys in the first ten weeks. Like that's that's they just ridiculous. Straight without uh, a buy. I
1: get, I get what the CFL is trying to do, uh, and have the West play their games kind of early, their home games early because it gets really cold out west, but. I don't know. Toronto, uh, I,
0: I, Toronto at such a disadvantage. Yeah, it's a, yeah, it's so.
1: they played. They're playing ten games in a row. Yeah. Um, it just doesn't make sense.
0: Yeah, yeah. And then obviously the the last thing I want to touch on, and I don't know how much you'll be able to, but just the the vibe in Montreal in general, um, the vibe in the stadium was was really electric. Right, we posted a video on Twitter. Somehow got thirteen thousand views crazy but that I'm, in. It. I'm I'm not complaining but first of all packed house I've n- I in the the 3 years we've had season tickets or 2 years whatever um I have never seen the stadium packed like that 21,000 in the stadium obviously there to see uh see Our Lady Peace at halftime which was I didn't really listen but great yeah. setup the stage looked amazing um just everything in general I think this year um again love him or hate him but pkp has has done so much good for this team already and and for that like you you, you see he walks by in the stadium like as he walks by that section claps for him goes crazy and and I, and you love to see it man because he really did save football in montreal as scary as that is he 100 he saved football
1: like we spoke about it before
0: like who was gonna pay for training camp who was gonna like pay for anything this year really he saved football
1: yeah, absolutely. say football. There was a time where me and you were panicking. We, didn't
0: know if- yeah, dude, we were like, <laughs> "Fuck!" We just started a podcast. It's going so well, and now the Owls are gonna fold.
1: Dude, I thought the Owls were done in Montreal, and this guy comes in, buys the team, and uh, dude, twenty one thousand. Um, it's like a halves game out there, man. It is a halves game, uh, and and I we talked about it. Uh, it's no better time than a Saturday night to be downtown Montreal, and Montreal kind of has to work with that and and market that and have more Saturday night games or more Friday night games. Um, And it's going to, it's going to work, keep working in their favor like that.
0: Yeah. And just all the, all the events they have this year are so exciting. Right. So next home game, which is the first, I think um, first of all, Canada day, that in itself. Awesome. But on top of that, it's kids day. Another
1: Saturday night.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Another Saturday night. Kids tickets are $5 and $2 hot dogs, baby. Dooney dog night. Brutal. Yeah, fired up for that. Boys but, are going but, on. but yeah, just just the vibe in the stadium really was unmatched. And it, it was so much fun to be there. It really, really was. Um, Pretty much all I had for this week. We can't do a, a preview of next week's game. um, Obviously, because the L's are on by. But uh, we will definitely be back next week. Preview of the Hamilton game. Up on it's the awesome. gear break that down. Fired up for that. That's a huge benchmark game.
1: That's that's, that's going to separate Montreal and, and show where they're going to be in the East. Um, <clears throat> Hamilton had moments where they looked <laughs> like they could win a great cup and they had moments where they looked like they were headed towards the first overall pick.
0: But, yeah. So I want to, I want to jump into what we saw from kind of the rest of the CFL this week, starting with Hamilton. Um, you obviously had some thoughts, so I'll let you go. And, but I, I definitely have some thoughts too. Uh
1: I think it, in talking to to one of my buddies, uh, and watching the game, uh, it was just there was no energy in Hamilton. The team there was no no playing for each other. It was no, I know it's a bunch of new guys that came into to Hamilton. It's a really revamped team, but it was like they didn't they weren't teammates. It was like they were all playing for themselves. Yeah, I think it hurt them. Um, obviously playing against. Maybe the greatest dynasty I've ever seen in my life. They're so good and again, and I hate in, it. In Winnipeg and and Tolaros, and that guy's lights out. But just the vibe, and, and there was no click in, in Hamilton, and just didn't seem like they wanted to be there.
0: No, 100%. And then, uh, yeah, like we said, Winnipeg was Winnipeg. They looked lights out. Um, one team that I was not impressed with at all was Calgary. I don't think Calgary looked good at all. The one shout-out I'll give is to my boy, Micah Awe. Guy he balled out. Balled out. Um, but I don't know if this was a case of BC looks really good with VA or Calgary looks so-so.
1: Yeah, I think it's like a transition year for, for Calgary. And BC, they they came in ready, and, and the off-season hype looked real for the first, the first game, and um, if VA could stay healthy and keep playing like this, they, they might be the uh, an actual threat to Winnipeg in the West. Yeah, hundred
0: percent. And then the last game of the week was yesterday. That was Saskatchewan and Edmonton. A lot of former owls in that game. Trevor Harris, Jake Winicky, uh, some other receiver that plays Redmonton. Dude,
1: and, uh, watching Jake Winicky. Run around in Saskatchewan. I was like, this well, feel. It feels awkward. It feels so awkward. I
0: didn't like him in number one either. It
1: doesn't. Yeah, it doesn't feel right. No. And Trevor then Harris,
0: again, I don't think love the guy. I don't think Trevor Harris played that well. He did not play no, that probably, well.
1: No. Oh, I, I mean, I, I was
0: impressed with either team really. Um, like you take out Gino's ninety-two yard touchdown, and Cornelius had like seventy passing yards.
1: I mean. I don't know if Cornelius is really the guy out there. I think he's you just a place where until, until, until Ford Ford kind of takes over, um which I don't think is going to take that long.
0: No, you think Trey
1: Ford's gonna you know? i I, th- I think he's coming in. um I'm gonna sit here and say week six. I think that's the, that's the number I had in my head too. I, I, I think saw. I think Ford's coming in and at least getting one to two starts before they try and figure out what the hell they're doing again yeah,
0: yeah. And the 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 Commonwealth curse continues.
1: Oh my god, it's so bad!
0: Over, it's 18 or 19 games now. They have it's
1: actually bad. impressive. Like I'm kind of impressed. You
0: know how fast I would refund my season ticket? <laughs> so fast!
1: It's kind <laughs> of impressive. I'm not gonna lie.
0: It's, it's it's so. I don't know how they do it.
1: I don't know either.
0: But um, look, like I said, can't preview <laughs> next week's episode. Going forward, obviously we'll have an episode a week where. We break down last week, preview next week. Um, We do have a nice interview interview coming for you guys, probably dropping late this week as well. And then we'll be previewing next week, probably on Monday, Tuesday of the following week. And uh, so you got a lot of good Bird Flock content coming your way. As a reminder, guys, go down, link in the description, link in our Instagram bio, shop the Bird Flock merch send us a message when you buy something tell us what you got and we will uh, we will certainly show you love when you get it post it on your story we will definitely repost that can't wait to see you guys there and uh Shane are any final words here
1: I'm gonna I'm gonna miss watching on let's football a week too
0: facts absolutely All right everyone we will see you next time.